0: Welcome to the weekly podcast, recorded live at Glory City Church, Brisbane. We hope you are blessed by this week's sermon. Hallelujah. Ah, oh, Jesus, we love you. Father, we give you all the thanks and all the praise and all the glory for you. You are worthy. You're so worthy and you're so kind and you're so consistently patient. God, we give you thanks. We give you worship. Lord, you are worthy of all the honor and all the praise. God, we give you thanks. Father, we ask that you'd come today, Lord, and stretch forth your hand to heal and do signs and wonders and miracles in the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And everybody said, amen. amen. Hallelujah. How great is our God. Now, my heart's been stirring as I feel the moving of the Holy Spirit starting to breathe afresh. I think across the body of Christ, there's there's a fresh wind blowing. And we need to recognize the times and seasons and learn what it looks like to be responsive to the Holy Spirit. Because it's in learning how to respond to him that we receive the blessings that he wants to pour out. The heart of God is not that we would maintain or sustain this little light of mine, but that we would allow him to lead us into greater and greater encounters with who he is, the eyes of our understanding, being continually enlightened by his Holy Spirit in the knowledge of him, so that we'd be continually aware and awake of the hope of our calling, the riches of his glorious inheritance in us, the saints, and the greatness of the power toward us who believe. And I've been sharing a little bit about what it looks like to to live a life that's responsive to the Holy Spirit. Because the heart of God is that we would learn that that Jesus didn't come that we might have a once-off encounter, but that we would be continually filled. I've been reading D.L. Moody recently, and he talks about when people would ask him have you had the second blessing brother and he'd say second he said i have had thousands of encounters with the lord because he said if we if we think it's only one or two uh, encounters with him that we need we will not live in a place of divine overflow and i've uh, my, one of my life scriptures is Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, that we'd be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. But in order to be overflowing, you've got to keep receiving. The moment you stop receiving is the moment things level off. And God hasn't called us to live a life that's leveled off and, and stagnant, but a life that's overflowing. Amen. Amen. You need to be loud and lovely. Hallelujah. Hebrews 11, you want to turn there with me? Praise the Lord. You know, God loves it when we, um, when we look to him in his word. He, he will speak to us. Hallelujah. It's his good pleasure. And so let me read this to you. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Who knows it? Who's had it as a memory verse? well you should verse 6 and without faith it is impossible to please him for he who comes to god must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him by faith it's it's faith that is required for us to actually be able to receive from him. He wants us to come in a posture of expectation. When Daniel, in the book of Daniel, he'd say, I looked and I saw, and I looked again and I saw. And you read it through the book of Daniel, I looked again and I saw. But when he was looking, he was looking with a faith expectation that he was going to see. And God kept showing him the more he postured himself with a faith expectation that he was going to see. And God showed him till the end of the age. I remember first reading um, William Branham and some of the, the things that he would do, the miracles that he'd see, the words of knowledge that he'd have and the healings that would happen. And I was so inspired, I thought, okay, Because he'd hear before the service about who was going to get healed. And so I'm like, okay, God, before the service, I'm going to get on the floor. Tell me, Lord, what are you going to do tonight in the service? Who's going to get healed? By that stage, I'd learned to ask, who are you going to heal? Because um, previously, I had said, Lord, what do you want to do? And when I haven't heard anything, I'd be like, don't you want to heal anybody, God? And I began to realize, of course he does. That's his nature. He always wants to heal. So I don't ask do you wanna heal anybody? I say, who do you wanna heal? And uh, you know what he wants, he wants to heal them all, hallelujah. But I asked him for a word of knowledge about um, someone there that night, and this is my sort of beginnings of actually starting to move in the words of knowledge years years ago, and I remember asking him, show me something, Lord, about someone that's gonna get healed. And I saw a picture, a vision of a lady with a dress on that had one leg shorter than the other. And then I kept looking and I said, how are you gonna heal her Lord? And I saw myself call her out and lay hands on her. And I saw her being slain in the spirit, falling out under the power of God. And then I got down and I laid hands on her ankles and one leg grew out. Now I was like, yes, that's awesome. So I went that night all excited and I was like, there's a lady, oh, I didn't actually say a lady, I wasn't brave enough. I said, there's someone here who has one leg shorter than the other. And a lady came out and she had the dress on. And I'm like, yes. I was seeing right. And so I knew what to do next. I prayed for her. The Holy Spirit touched her. She fell out under the power of God. You don't have to fall out. It's, some people just have weak wiring when it comes to the Holy Spirit. That would, that would be me overload. Um, So I got down on the floor and I prayed for her and I saw her ankle, I saw her leg grow out on the floor and then she jumped up and she ran around the building and she was all excited. Her hips that had been out of alignment were instantly healed and she was so excited and I thought, oh God, that was wonderful. And then as I went home and I thought about it, I thought, wow, that's so great. I could just ask, I could see and I could do what you wanna do and then I began to think, I could, I could probably ask about my every single day. I could ask, Lord, what do you want to do today? And, and then just do it. And then I had this horrible realisation that actually I could do that, but I don't because I'm too full of my own stuff to actually give myself To learning to listen and hear his voice, see what he's doing, and listen for the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I I understand we've got life, we've got work, we've got children, but the Holy Spirit has so much more to say to us than we have time to listen to. And he is just waiting for someone that would learn what it looks like to develop fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You know, I used to think, well, God, you know, how will anything ever get done if, I, if, that, if, we, if we do that? As if he doesn't know that we have to feed families and get them to school and do things. He knows better. The work that needs to be done. He knows better the the things. And and he he says it's a good thing to work. Hallelujah. You're very quiet. (laughs) It's an excellent thing to work. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you don't work, you shouldn't eat, he says. It's in the book. Praise the Lord. It's a good thing. Work is not a bad thing. And he knows about it, but it's not something that keeps us from doing the will of the Father if we understand that fellowship with the Holy Spirit isn't a separate thing to our everyday life, but it is our life. In him we live and move and have our being, amen? And so for me, this concept of faith Seeking him to find him is, is so important. Have a look at Jeremiah 29. We had a look at that just the other night. Have a look here. I love this. It says here in verse 11, who has this as a memory verse? Good on you, Claire. Good on you, Roland. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, Plans for welfare and not for calamity, to give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It's a promise. And I love that it starts with, hey, this is who I am. My plans for you are to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And as you realize this, faith will rise in your heart to seek me because you know I'm not going to smack you. Instead of hiding ourselves like Adam and Eve in the garden, afraid of being punished for what we've done, when we believe that God is good, that Jesus Christ has paid the price for our sin, and by faith we repent and receive the mercy of Jesus, we can approach him in faith, seeking him with a confidence we will find him. And this is the mercy of God. But it's a trap the enemy loves to use against the people of God because the enemy would love to tell you, well, because of what you've done or because you haven't really been performing, because you haven't really lived up to the standard that you should be living up to, who are you to think if you seek God, you'll find him? Condemnation would love to just douse the faith that would empower you to seek him but the entrance of his word brings light. It gives understanding to the simple. And the word of God tells us, praise the Lord, that Jesus Christ, the blood of Jesus, covers and completely has taken away the sins of the world, hallelujah. And when you put your faith in Christ and say, Lord, here's my sin, He gives you in exchange his perfect righteousness, hallelujah, and you're no longer called a sinner, but you're called a saint. You're made clean, you're made holy, you're made pure, and then if you mess up and you sin again, he doesn't redefine you, but he offers you mercy. So instead of holding on to your sin with and beating yourself up with it, you give it to him and say, that was wrong. I'm sorry, God, but thank you. Your mercies on you every morning. I'm the redeemed of the Lord. You're better than I feel like I deserve. And today I'm going to come in faith to seek you knowing that you are good. And that as I seek you, I will find you there's a pilot light that's on, on the inside of you. My, my grandmother used to have a, an old gas oven. And you know what, when, when, she, when she would light that oven, it didn't take a while for the flames to come. The instant it was in, in the flame was brought, instantly it burst into to flame. Same if you've got a, a gas fireplace and you've got the little pilot light Bang. As soon as the ignition happens, poof, it's on. And in the same way, when we learn to respond to the pulling of the Holy Spirit that says, "Come." I want you to know the plans I've got for you, how to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Let me bring you revelation of my goodness that your faith might be ignited, that you might respond in faith and seek me because if you seek me, you will find me. I will be found by you. And it's not just a once-off conversion experience, though we every one of us needs that. It's a continual burning revelation that's available if we will take the step to seek him. Now Moses saw a burning bush. But can you imagine if he went home and told his wife, you know, I saw the strangest thing today. It was a bush that was burning and it wasn't being consumed. Amazing, supernatural. But instead of just observing it and going, that's amazing, he turned aside. And then the Lord spoke to him out of the bush, and he was commissioned. I believe the Holy Spirit is trying to get our attention so that we would turn aside, stop what we're doing, and give our whole attention to seeking him, because he wants to reveal himself in greater and greater measure, amen? Yes. Hallelujah, it's exciting. You know, I, uh, I remember getting so hungry for the Lord, I, I wanted more and more to see him and to, to understand him and I was seeking the Lord one day, I said, Lord, I wanna have revelation of heaven, I want to understand. And I'd spent time waiting on him and seeking him in expectation. And I remember a vision that the Lord began to show me. And I was taken up into this vision that just seemed to be all consuming. And as I was in this glorious place, I felt just actually to look at my own body. And in the spirit, I could see my lungs filled with this glistening light as I was breathing in and out. I thought, what is this, God? And I realized it's the supernatural life of the Holy Spirit on the inside of us. And and then I would read in, in the Gospels about Jesus being transfigured, and it uses the word glistening, white. And suddenly, I put it together and I went, that same holy, glorious light lives on the inside of me. Where's that in the Bible? Let me show you. Let's turn to Acts chapter 17. Hallelujah. This is so good. I could read all of it because it's delightful. It's the sermon on Mars Hill where, where Paul is talking to those that had erected a, an altar to the unknown God. Uh, we'll start at verse 26. He made from one man every nation of mankind to live on the face of the earth, having determined their appointed times in the boundaries of their habitation, that they would seek God, if perhaps they might grope for him and find him, though he's not far from each one of us. For in him we live and move and exist, even as some of your own poets have said, for we are also his children. Being then the children of God, we ought not to think that the divine nature is like gold or silver or stone, an image formed by the art or thought of man. Therefore, having overlooked the times of ignorance, God is now declaring to men that all people everywhere should repent because he has fixed a day in which he will judge the world in righteousness through a man whom he has appointed, having furnished proof to all men by raising him from the dead. In him, I live and move and have my being. And when I respond to this one who has Stood in my place and taken the eternal judgment that I deserve, put my faith in Jesus Christ who was fully man, fully God, the only one qualified to, to step in in my place and be crucified on my behalf raised up from the dead, when I put my faith in Jesus, I become a new creation on the inside. And his spirit lives inside of me. And that same spirit gives me the capacity to connect with him. And you know, there is, there is this seeking when we don't know him. It's how I was converted in, on a youth camp, just worshiping God saying, I believe in you, but I can't see you, and I don't know you, and this is just really hard, like help, and right there as I said help, I had a revelation, and the only way I can explain it is I was blind, but now I see, you are real. Wow, there you are, you're not a concept, you're not an intellectual idea, you're God. And I was never the same again. It's, it was a conversion experience. And it doesn't have to be the same for every person. Yet every person must seek him until they find him in a way that it is more than just an intellectual agreement where it becomes a spiritual understanding that he is here that he is real and that as I invite him into my life, it's not, um, it's not some formula I go through, but it's a real glorious encounter where I am receiving the spirit of Christ himself to live inside of me, not in a temple made with human hands, but in within me, he, we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. And that same spirit then within us empowers us when we come to worship him. Instead of having to worship him from a distance, like God, you're there and you're holy and I believe in you and I could imagine you there on your throne and here I am, I'm coming to worship you, is not the experience of worship that God's asking us to have. He says that now his spirit lives on the inside of us and when we come to worship him, We can worship him in the spirit, in spirit and in truth, and we can connect by faith no matter how we feel and allow that glistening light, that supernatural life within us to connect in faith with who he is and cry out, holy, awesome, glorious from a place of divine revelation that isn't an old encounter but a present reality. And it's available no matter what you're feeling like or what circumstance you find yourself in. Hallelujah. We could sing, Mary had a little lamb, and those that have Christ on the inside of them would be going, yes, God, you sent your son through a virgin, he's the lamb. You don't need it to be perfect. You don't need the music to be perfect. It's about you, crea- created in His image, filled with His Spirit, connecting with Him in heavenly places, and worshiping in spirit and truth. Amen. Hallelujah. So Praise the Lord. And it's not a—it's not a—it's not a physical thing where, you know, you could open up a person, we've got lots of doctors and nurses in our congregation, it's, it's not a spirit, it's not a physical life source, it's not, it's not a um, demonic thing, it's not chi or energy, but supernatural power that comes on the inside of us when we receive the life of God that then can be connecting in faith with him. And it's that that we can put our hope in. Knowing we've been redeemed, we are qualified then to know that as we look to him, as we pray, as we say, Lord, I wanna know you more, we can have an expectation that he will be found by us absolutely will be found by us. Finney went out into the woods desperate to know God. and He tried to pray and nothing happened. And he felt like he couldn't even pray and just not connecting. Yet he, he wanted to know God. And as he was walking back to his house, he heard this little scripture, just come to his remembrance. And it was a scripture from Jeremiah 29, that if you seek me, I will be found by you. So after dinner that night, he got down his, um, his cello and just began to sing a worship song. At this point, he, helped, he felt he had no connection with God, no actual personal revelation. But as he began to continue to press in, believing in faith that the scripture had said to him, if I seek him, I will find him. Suddenly, wave after wave of his Holy Spirit came upon him and he encountered God in such a way that he was forever changed. That the next morning when someone came in, they just fell out in laughter in the presence of God. And then he went on to see thousands of people come to Christ. This lawyer, this intellectual lawyer came to a place where he said, I cannot keep going with a, an intellectual concept of God. I need a spiritual connection with him. And you know, God wants us to have that on a continuing basis. He wants to so fill us that, that continually we're living responsive to his Holy Spirit. Even last night, as I was um, struggling to get to sleep, some of my children come home rather late at night, Joseph, don't they? Praise the Lord. (laughs) He's a good lad. But mamas don't tend to go to sleep until their babies are all tucked in their beds. (laughs) So I was taking a while to get to sleep, and. And then as I started to drift off to sleep, I was just talking to the Lord and I was thinking about what is it all about God? You know, I wanna make sure my life is on track with what you've called me to. I don't wanna just do things for the sake of doing it. And I just began to, to intercede for the lost, cry out, God, God. When I, I th- began to think about eternal rewards and what I want to see in heaven in eternity, I want to see thousands and thousands of people having come to Christ. And so I just began to cry out, and then I felt the tug of the Holy Spirit, just to get out of bed and get on the floor and seek His face. And as I did, I just had such an encounter with his love and a fresh commissioning for the call to see the lost come in that I was so filled up that even the next morning as I woke up, I was still overflowing with the touch of the Holy Spirit. But you see, it's only when we learn to respond to the invitations. Sometimes we think, well, I would do that and, and if, if, I, if I really knew it was God. But very often, the tug of the Holy Spirit is just a little thought. Why don't you just come away with me for a few minutes? Just a little tug on the hand. The Bible tells us that he wants us to be guided by his eye, not with a bit and a bridle like a horse that has to say, come on, come on, do this. I've had people come to me and say, the Lord told me I have to do this and I have to do that. And I think, I don't think that's God. Because when but the way they're talking, it sounds like God is, do this now. If you don't do this, this bad thing's going to happen. and That's not how he operates with us. He's a bridegroom with a bride who's got us in his arms and saying, come dance with me. Let me show you where we're gonna go next. You don't have to look at your feet. You don't have to worry about where to put your feet next. Just look into my eyes, I'll take you. He's our glory and the lifter of our head. And he wants to lift up your head today. And say, look into my face. I wanna speak words of love to you. And you've been afraid you're gonna be rebuked and rejected. I love this, the prophetic song that came out tonight you're not gonna be rejected. He's infinitely more patient than you could ever understand and more merciful than you have the comprehension to be able to, to experience. But he wants to give you his spirit so that you can have it, hallelujah. It's the love of Christ that passes knowledge. That's why he says pray, it's not a suggestion. It's an invitation that will change your life. Pray that you will be strengthened with might in your inner being so that because I want you to have an ever-increasing revelation of the height, the depth, the width, the breadth, the love of Christ that passes knowledge so that you personally will be filled to overflowing with all the fullness of God. D.L. Moody pulled aside one day, walking on the streets of New York. He'd been praying, there'd been intercessors praying that he would receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And on his way, getting ready to board a boat to go to England, he felt a tug, a little invitation as the Holy Spirit began to move on his heart. So he He just looked up where the closest friend he had was, went to their house and said, can I use one of your rooms? I need to get alone with God. And for the next few hours, he just responded to the little tug. And he was baptized with the Holy Ghost and fire. And then it says that he, he would preach the same sermons, no new revelations, no new concepts, but hundreds and hundreds of people would get saved. Because it's not by might, not by power, but by his spirit, amen. Father, we love you. God, we love you. Now last night as I was on the floor praying, God, I just want to see the lost, I don't care about anything else, I just want to see the lost. And, and I said, I don't even care, if I don't even see more, any more miracles, I just want to see the lost. And he said, Catherine, I haven't called you to preach the word with persuasive words of men's wisdom, but with demonstrations of the Spirit's power. Miracles, signs and wonders are God's idea to reveal his majesty, his goodness, his kindness, and his love to the world, so they could see he's not an intellectual thought, but a real, glorious, living, powerful God, hallelujah. The same yesterday, today, and forever, hallelujah. He's a good, good father, praise the Lord. So if you need a miracle in your body, God, God delights to do it. He is faithful. And instead of yielding to fear, yield to the pull of his spirit because his Holy Spirit will show you what to do, what to pray, what to proclaim. I know it myself. I've had this pain in the back of my shoulder today, and oh, so annoying. Get asked Tom to give it a rub, and he very graciously would do that. I'm like, oh, so much pain. And, and I began to sort of yield to the pain, thinking, oh, I'm going to need to go and get someone to fix that. And as I got on the floor and worshipping God, put a heat pack on, and went, like, this is uncomfortable, I felt the Holy Spirit just gently start to say to me, Do you really wanna give it all your attention? No. Then as I began to look at him, he began to remind me of the scriptures and say, I am the Lord that healeth thee. And I began to realize, hey, no. No, I don't have to yield to pain. I don't have to yield to any of this. I I just need to yield to the Holy Spirit and the word of truth. Thank you, God. I'm the healed of the Lord. I rebuke that pain. Go away in Jesus' name. I thank you. I'm healed. Hallelujah. I'm not gonna keep complaining about that. I'm gonna glorify God and begin to speak his word because the Holy Spirit is the one who reminds us and shows us how to live if we will just turn our attention to Him. We've recently just celebrated 50 years of Scripture in song. Came out, I think it was last year, end of last year. And when I was growing up, we used to sing a whole lot of choruses that were just straight Scripture. I mean, some of us could sing whole Psalms because they were just in Scripture. Anybody of the vintage where you had Scripture in song? Give it to my words, O oh Lord. Consider my meditation. You could sing whole psalms. You could sing scriptures, but you know I believe the Holy Spirit is wanting, even as we're talking about the academy and the other things that we're doing, this idea of memorizing scripture, of getting familiar with the word of God, it's not just a good intellectual exercise. It is a life. that the Holy Spirit can bring to your remembrance so that you can pick it up and use it to live a life full of power, hallelujah. So that you can use it to be reminded of revelation, truth that will empower you to respond to the Holy Spirit in faith, hallelujah. Tonight I wanna ask you, if you're here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, His desire for you is that you would respond to his call. The Bible tells us that he desires none should perish, but that everyone would have everlasting life. Yet the truth is every one of us have a free will. We have the ability to choose. He says, I set before you life and death. Choose life. He longs for us to say, yes, Lord, I need mercy. I need salvation. I recognize there is one life to live, and after that judgment, and without you, I am guilty. The wages of sin is death, and without you, I have no eternal life, so Jesus I'm asking that you would take me as yours, that as I give you my sin and receive you as my saviour, by faith I receive the mercy of Jesus, the forgiveness of Christ, that I might become a new creation. And as you do that, as you respond to him, the Bible says you are born again, that your old nature is taken away and you get a brand new heart that His Spirit, that glistening light, comes on the inside of you and it's eternal life, hallelujah. But it starts with you responding. Today, if the Holy Spirit's nudging you and you say, yes, I wanna respond to the Holy Spirit, I want to receive Jesus as my Saviour, I want today to be the day that I make a step and say, yes, Lord, I'm gonna declare you as my Lord and Savior. As you do that, the Bible says, when you confess me before men, I'll confess you before my Father who's in heaven. That is, you and He will, be, you, you and he will become one. You'll become a new creation. But it's, it's a choice and it takes humility. Everyone needs salvation but sometimes in Australian culture, we can say, oh, she'll be right, I've got, I don't need anything. She'll be right, mate. But you know what? You don't know what tomorrow has. Our life is like a breath and there is eternity and we need, we need to recognize that Jesus Christ comes so that we could have eternal life with him. If you are here and you know in your heart you aren't walking with God, but you wanna receive Jesus as your savior, I wanna pray for you. Could you just wave your hand at me if that's you? There's anyone here that said, to me, I wanna receive Jesus as my savior today. Just let me see your hand. I wanna pray with you, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but God will see it. Just wave your hand at me if that's you and you say yes, I wanna receive Jesus as my savior today. Let me see your hand. you can email these praise reports to info at dot au God bless.